Check one. Love Talk Radio. Based off, you know, 
Well, Darrell, after the fight, had some things to say, but also based off he's fighting next month in a complete stay-busy tune-up, which I'm not too happy about being um, – as of right now, it seems that is the, the main event, so they better do something with that uh, this summer. But, you know, do you wait till September? Do we know for a fact that, you know, Canelo is going to be available in September? I mean, there's a good chance to zone. And don't get me wrong, I know he wants all the belts, but there's a good chance to zone just backs up that Brink, you know, truck. I wish I had the reverse truck noise. Deed. That was actually downloaded, dude. That wasn't me. Um, you know, they could back that thing up for $50 million bucks or something, and he could fight, you know, a, a faded Golovkin at a higher weight class. You know what I mean? And then fight in December or the next year. Um, who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? Um, we'll talk about what he'll do next. Or, like I said, will he just to see, just wait it out till September? stay in the gym, obviously heal his hand or whatever and stay in the gym. It's an interesting one. Um, when you look at it from a fan perspective, you want him to fight one more time before September or December, obviously. Um, it's a funky one. We'll talk about it. We like to, you know, talk about a variety of angles when it comes to one, not just a promoter, not just a fighter view, not just a fans or media view, but the whole kit in caboodle. Um, mixed messages coming out of the, the Pacquiao in Ryan Garcia camps, golden boy saying there's not even any talks going on. Oh, we're meeting with Bob Arum though. Tiafina Lopez. Oh, this, oh, that a lot of things. Exhibition talk. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, actually, we do know, uh, since I'm doing it a little later in the afternoon, we do have some details on the rating. Some funny stuff, though, uh, when it comes to someone not, <laughs> oh, boy, someone, quote, unquote, behind the scenes in boxing, um, whatever that means, basically doesn't trust these ratings, the Nielsen ratings. We'll talk about the ratings, because they were good, uh, no matter what Lance Pugmire uh, was talking about, um, and that's the funny thing that the PBC hate from media slash part-time media slash fans. They'll even go so far as to say either the ratings are fake or before the fight saying, just wait, watch Fox is going to want to cancel them after this mismatch. And it's like, have you been paying attention though? You know, you can just not like the fight and straight up say it. You don't have to double down and pile on some shit that doesn't make sense. I don't care what Google's saying when I'm looking at the promo during the NFL playoffs. You know what I mean? When I'm watching my local market, Fox Sports North, uh, Wild, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota Wild, Minneapolis Lakers, uh, that's where the franchise started. Just so you know, there are no lakes in California besides man-made. Just kidding. Um, but anyway, man, I'm all over the place. But it is it is funny because I'm watching Timberwolves games, I'm watching Wild games, and I'm seeing the damn ads. So it is kind of funny. I, I got in not really into it. Um, just just it's about that's part of the boxing Twitter segment. And that well, maybe we'll kind of light this dude up on his own. But the, the, the boxing Twitter segment, you know, it's just consistency, folks. 
if you don't like this fight and you think it was a waste of Fox um, time, cool. Just say that. But also say it when they're fighting mismatches on other networks. Or don't wait for it to be just a slow, shitty fight to go, man, this fight is slow and shitty. You know what I mean? I mean, the amount uh, – forget it. I, I'm not going to have the rant yet. But some boxing – we got some great boxing Twitter stuff. Just in general, not even having to do with, uh, you know, this weekend. Although, Spence and Ugas is that next. The WBA actually did something that made sense. I know Pacquiao fans aren't going to want to hear that, or maybe Crawford fans aren't going to want to hear that, or, you know, I want to see Spence and Crawford, or Crawford and Pack, or Pack and Spence, or whatever. But um, they made Pack a recess, a champ in recess. He's going on recess. Uh, so we'll talk about a variety of stuff including, like I said, some current fight news and boxer Twitter segment. And if you've never, if you don't know what the boxing Twitter segment is, we do it almost every week. I mean, I may just read one or two tweets some weeks, but uh, sometimes it's more of a a lengthier segment. But, um, you know, it's just, it's basically poking fun at fanboys or media members who are acting like fanboys and are showing their clear uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, um, like I said, there's not a whole lot to talk. We'll, we'll start in the ring like we normally like to do. Um, but I'll tell you what, we're, we're not going to get too deep, you know, into some of this stuff, though, you know, as far as like, um, oh, I meant this weekend. God, sorry, I'm getting all these messages. This weekend, we're not, you know, there's nothing really to preview. No offense to any fighters out there, but there's it's just not. There's nothing there. Um, you see me? Did you hear that? It's almost like the G. Anyway, um, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. Streams live at archives. However, you know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and, and download the show right there if you don't want to. You can find the Rope Dope Radio podcast, which is boxing heavy, but we talk football and basketball as well. You can find that platform on Apple Podcast, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, almost across the board. Also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's uh, boxing, football, basketball, baseball, everything in between. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. Um, They do have a seven-day free trial just for signing up. You can check it out. There's no annual contract, of course. The plan starts as low as $55 a month. Just for signing up, you get a free uh, seven-day free trial of HBO Max. If you sign up for the Max package, that will include HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime. That's for you boxing fans out there. Showtime is normally $11 on that platform. That's AT&T TV Now, live streaming cable. And one more thing about HBO Max, they're not paying me enough. (laughs) Um, Tonight, though, I'm watching that that Fred Hampton documentary. Or, no, it's not a documentary. And I think it'll happen now. I want an in-depth 
Fred Hampton documentary, actually. But it's a movie. And judging by a couple of items, including the trailer, it might just be the bomb. I'm not sure, though. I hope they did it justice. We'll see. But Fred Hampton, by the way, if that name is new to you, Google. Do your Googles. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it matches really well with the, what's going on just in general. Anyway, let's get to the ring, shall we? Um, like I said, going into that plant, Truax, you know, I'm from Minnesota, up here, up here in the upper Midwest here, five state region up here, uh, in, uh, Caleb Truax, you know, good guy, tough worker, you know, he puts his head down and he just grinds. Now, um, that's just the Midwestern upper, upper Midwest thing. Um, no, but, uh, Truax, my point is I'm biased. I, I fully admitted it. I didn't think this was just a horse shit fight though. Um, but as far as picking Truax to win, yeah, I did. Um, it was just so hard the last couple of years. He's had so many, so much bad luck with the injury stuff. Um, so, but you know, I did see a lot of people dog the fight. Um, some of it was legit. Some of it was also just the, the regular, you know, the regs, the regs that come in every day and, and order whiskey at 11 a.m., you know, for the PBC, anti-PBC stuff. So it's kind of a combination. Some of it was really entertaining or right on the button in general. Uh, based off like Fox since the pandemic has hit, you know, since what August, um, the main event, some of them got canceled. Um, and so they had to, you know, find a replacement and, you know, the last two last year sucked. Um, but you know, I just wish people would just say it, like I said, and just be consistent regardless of what platform, um, because you just don't see your timeline as not even near as full. Um, but some of these folks, uh, too high a percentage in my mind, live and die with the Ring Magazine rankings. But this is a garbage mismatch. You see what I'm saying? You see the kind of like, well, hold on. Your, your gift from God is the Ring Magazine rankings. But yet, they got him like top ten, dude. I think they got him like ninth or eighth. I mean, maybe they don't now. But it just wasn't the worst garbage fight in the last five years or something. You know, what I mean, that's what that's what kind of the the disgust was on Twitter. And like I said, I mean, do we really want to go over mismatches? Because we could. Do we want to go to you know chunks of 2018 and most of 2019 on ESPN? Do we want to? Well, you know what? I'm not going to go down this line. But it's just funky. Anyway. Um, just breaking down the fight itself, I'll tell you what, instead of Joey Spencer, who did have a highlight reel knockout, or a, a nice knockout, maybe not a highlight reel, um, maybe if they would have had that first fight, Lynch and Hernandez, I think that would have that been a much better, because then you would have had two competitive fights on paper out of a triple header. I think that would have went better, you know what I mean? Um, but then again, if you're, if you know, you don't have a big fight in the main event, you're trying to sneak the time in the time frame. You're trying, because they had to sit there and tap dance for a while from the early knockout. So had they put a full eight round fight in that first one, and it probably was going to go the distance. Unlike we assume, you know, Spencer wouldn't probably go the, well, maybe go the distance. My point is it's like, 
I don't know. It, it, it did get them to start the fight when it was real close to halftime. And the first, like, 20 minutes of the fight was halftime. And I mean halftime because uh, ABC had a, the NBA kicked off this, this, this week as far as national television. So, um, But, yeah, it was hard to give Truax a round. You know, there were a couple times where he landed, like, really nice overhand rights that would just land flush. Um, but a lot of it was just, you know, I did like what I saw with Plant in his jab. Um, jab into the body, right hands to the body, a um, few nice left hooks up top. You know, you, you could... You know, he basically was using his jab to the body most of the time for a while. Um, you could also see a jab and some body work from Truax. There was a couple times where he got him on the rope and did okay to the, you know, to the body. Other other times it was more like shoe shiny. You know what I mean? So um, he did. Uh, Truax did have a bloody nose by like the fourth or fifth round. He had a. That's what it was in the fourth round, a really a late in the round uppercut. That was pretty big, but the steady jab, the movement, he kind of turned that into pot shot and jab in and out on the move. Kind of more of the same, a lot of the fight stick and move, a couple of nice hard shots and then go. Um, whereas Truax, mostly jab and a few clean lands here and there. Um, like I said, mostly to the body and those overhand rights, but um, all in all, a dominant performance, no doubt about it. Um, didn't really have Truax, excuse me, Truax hurt. But he also talked about, and this kind of, I kind of felt that this happened uh, just off of the style in which he was fighting. It didn't look like he kept putting up the the punch, um, not punch stats, but like the hard combinations. You know, maybe it was a really a great jab and then a pot shot or something like that, but you know, I think it was a combination of his hand was hurt a little bit, but also um, so he wasn't as active or whatever, or, or flurries and combos, and then really hard combos trying to step up that pace to try to get the TKO or the stoppage or whatever. And then, so it's a combination of, I think his hand was messing with them, and also a few of those upper, well, that uppercut, but a few of those uh, overhand rights kind of got his attention enough to go, well, hold on, if I step up the pace, you know, I don't need to get caught with something, and I don't need to fade either like he did against Uskadji. So, um, overall, though, I thought Plant mixing up his punches really well. Uh, he looked pretty damn good. Wasn't just awesome. Um, I did see some folks, and they make a good point. Like, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't sit there. It wasn't just a blaze. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, my God, he just lit the world on fire, you know what I mean, that type of thing, he was in there with a pretty durable guy, solid dude though, and Truax, but there's also the point that we know it's not going to happen until Canelo fights two more fighters too, so even if he would have scored like a big TKO or something, um, you're still, people still kind of know you got to wait two fights, and then maybe they fight in September, and that's a maybe just because I'm not 100% sold that they that he won't fight Golovkin and, and pick up that money and just kind of be like, all right, there's three from the zone that's gone now. Let's move on to the next platform. So I don't really know, but seeing that Anthony Durrell 
you know, or, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's a main event. I don't like that as a Fox main event. You know, I can handle this one, um, but that as a Fox main event, I don't like that. It's like, you know, Arislan Navarro's last two times on Fox. No thanks. Canelo's brother and this last dude. Um, you know, it's a stay busy fight. Now, after the fight, Darrell did, uh, was it IG? I know he got online some way and was like, he ducked me. He ducked this fight. You know, He didn't want to fight me. He's afraid. And, and I wonder how people, let's say on Fox in June or something like that, or in July, if the September fight doesn't happen. I wonder how many folks will think that's a good fight. Because a lot of these, a lot of people were pumped about Benavidez Durrell. And Durrell, he got cut and all that, but he did pretty damn well in that fight for a while. And then obviously Benavidez started really taking it over and whatnot. But um, my guess is, I mean, it, it comes down to two things. And I know, and I talked about this last week, I know everybody wants to see the Benavidez fight. Um, but Benavidez has some. You know, if you're going to point a finger at Plant or Heyman or Fox or whoever, um, you need to point the first finger at David Benavides because he's not in the, the, the Canelo sweepstakes right now just because he didn't make weight. That's it. Because Canelo made it clear that he wants to fight, you know, he wants to fight for these belts and, and become undisputed well. He wouldn't be fighting Yildirim this February, I guarantee that, because Benavides would have to fight him. So because of that, you know, prior, uh, it actually had to do with the Darrell fight, uh, actually here in the uh, in the Upper Midwest here. <laughs> no, just um, I mean, you know, that, that they are in Minneapolis. Anyway, my guess is two guesses. Um, well, I suppose it's just one. That's what the title of the show is. Will we see Caleb Plant and Anthony Durrell in the summer on Fox? Or will he wait for September to fight Canelo? Now, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing to wait till September. He's a guy that stays in shape. Um, For your biggest payday, probably your biggest payday you're probably ever going to get. You could make a strong argument that will be the biggest one he'll ever get. Now, the argument is, well, if you fight Benavidez, you're going to get more for Canelo. Okay, but on the flip side, how much more will you get for Canelo? Uh, That's an interesting one. I'm not sure. Would they put that on pay-per-view? Or would they put, you know, it's it's kind of funky, you know? Um, But also, you can get your career payday high and just do good. You don't have to even win when you go against stars, right? And then get more money for the Benavides fight later. So how much higher does it go? It's going to go higher either way after it. Like the if you say exposure, the Benavides fight's going to do better with Plant after Plant fights Canelo. Now, if they both, both fought him, you know, in the next, let's say, 18 months, and then they fought two years from now, well, we'd know, or two and a, you know, whatever. We'd know that would be the biggest fight for them, too. So, the thing is, you know, Benavides put himself out of the race. That's on him. And, and he said as much that he, you know, he, he, he's got to deal with it. 
and he's going to take a, a, a fight that is just okay, you know, to stay, to try to stay in the rankings or, or you know, get that mandatory or whatever. But um, I get it. I get why I, I want to see the Benavides fight. I do. But I also just don't look at it from a fan or the media or the promoters. You know, I, if you're looking at it from the fighter, the vast majority of us would wait till September to get the for sure biggest payday. When Benavides is how old? He's going to be there. You're going to get more money for the Benavides fight than you would before you fought Canelo. So that is that probably a pay-per-view fight after he fights Canelo regardless. So, But I do hope he fights Anthony Durrell next. I'm sure people will shit on that fight, but I, I think that's a really good fight. And if you look at his resume, what is he, 22 fights, 21 fights? If you look at his resume, it's a pretty solid fight, actually. So that's what I'm hoping, that he fights maybe June, July on Fox. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. We will see. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the card, then we'll get into ratings and all that stupid shit. Um, I mean, it's not stupid, but, you know, I like to talk about a variety of stuff, not just get uh, back and forth on my, uh, oh, Jesus, these messages coming in. I'm going to get to them in just a, a little bit. By the way, 646-381-4990 is the number to call. Folks on there, most people like to just chill. But, you know, for the I do actually see a couple numbers I'm not I, – I don't always see. If you want to press 1, join in. Cool. If you want to chill too, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Michael Coffey and uh, Mr. Rock, Dirt Rock, um, Darmani, Rock. Uh, this one was a – this – one on paper really seems like, you know, it's on and popping. It's on and popping. Oops, sorry. Got these fucking messages. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just said sorry about it eight times. I'm trying to find. So the go heading into the fight, uh, this is like a couple days before the fight. I thought this was going to be a tight fight. I got to admit, and so did the the betting lines. It was like close to a fifty-fifty, and I guess it's gone now. It was close to a fifty-fifty, and I, if I remember correctly, I actually believe, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that by the end of it, by the close, that actually Rock was the favorite. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe maybe I just saw it on Twitter and I didn't back that up enough. I could have sworn I took a screenshot of it. But um, it was like it was a 50-50 fight on paper, especially with these guys. You know, because we don't really know exactly you know where we're going with that. So, yeah, I guess I did. I could have sworn I screenshot of it. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it doesn't really. It's funny, you know, all these people message, but then, you know, they don't want to call in to actually say it, or they want to call in to, uh, you know, or they want to just call in to, uh, you know, hang up and, and say some stupid shit. Yeah, I don't have it, but it was close. It was close. That's what I do know. Um, anyway. In the ring, though, it wasn't. 
And Rock is a guy that just looks out of shape. Um, but he came, like, in the last chunk of time, he has lost, like, I think it was, like, 30-some pounds. I think he was, like, 16 or 17 pounds lighter than his last fight. So it looked like he, you know, we said that last week, if he comes ready to go, this could be a really good fight. You know, that that's that's what we were talking about last week. So, um, you know, I, from from the looks of it, he did. Well, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say from the looks of it. Based off his weight, you know, um, I don't think he'll ever look like he's got a six-pack or nothing. But it sure didn't play out that way in the ring. Um, it started a little slow. Coffee had his jab, a few right hands. Um, Rock had a uh, like an early jab, a couple early jabs, and a nice body shot in the second round. Um, Coffee landed uppercuts, more body work. The last like 70, 80 seconds, there was some uh, two-way action. Though you started saying, "Okay, this is kind of what I'm talking about. I think this, I think shit's gonna pop off." Um, and, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't work out per se like that, but a lot of it had to do with coffee. I mean, dude landed like a left uppercut super hard, knocked him down. And I, I kind of thought, is this going to be it right here? This kind of looks like it's it right here. Then another left hook causing this right on the temple causing the second knockdown, and it was a TKO. It was a wrap, dude. It was a wrap. And, so, and it's funny because hardcore fight fans may have not liked the main event or the fact that Joey Spencer let off. You know, I get that part. But, uh, you know, I had like three or four buddies, uh, not that, not just that night, but the next day, say, who's that Who's that coffee dude, dude? He said, that was nasty, um, that type of thing. So um, you kind of forget. Uh, sometimes you can just get caught up as a hardcore fight fan. Uh, what you know when you when you put it in front of this many people, um, you know it, it 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 has a way of you know adding some residue, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, sign me up for keep step. What is it? Twelve and oh, nine KOs now for for coffee. Sign sign me up for this dude. Let let's let's keep rising his level. Um, and obviously, you know, he can come back fairly quick because he didn't have some grueling fight or anything. So I liked what I saw, especially that highlight reel. And that was a highlight reel. Um, left hook, or left uppercut, actually. Nasty, nasty punch. And the left hook that finished him. So definitely a good performance there. Then uh, Joey Spencer now is 12-0 and with nine KOs. He went against Isaiah Selden, Bruce Selden's kid, right? Um, it was like a jab, huge right hand that knocked him down. Um, and then the second time he was down, Selden was pissed that the fight was stopped, but you know, um, it is what it is. He started after the first knockdown, you know, he, he started getting a little, uh, well, not a little, he got a little rough in there. He got rough in there. He got a little rough and tumbly in there. Let's put it that way. Um, so you know, nice left, straight right hand. It does kind of look like it does kind of look like he's calming down a little bit more in there. You know, he actually was speaking of the armory in Minneapolis. He fought there a couple times and he had those quick knockouts. 
and this was more like that. I thought this would go more rounds, but it does seem, and then I, I bring that up because then after that, you could kind of see him try to load up on every single punch. You can also see he's taking out, he's trying to take off some of the bulk uh, that he's got going on. Uh, balls, pause, pause, pause. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see where he fits in at 154, right? So, you know, he's uh, he's got some potential, no doubt about it. Like I said, I think the last fight or two, he's settling into more of a pro style um, and uh, looking to time people, looking to use more of his boxing skills instead of just trying to, uh, you know, knock somebody out. Um, speaking of knocking somebody out, well, actually not knocking somebody out, but knocking some of the uh, rust off, Rances Bartholomew, um, you know, one-sided decision, not much to talk about there. Um, it was definitely a slow fight. That was actually supposed to be the FS1 card headliner in, People were getting a little, uh, they they were a little confused. And uh, I think I said this earlier, uh, obviously COVID is postponing or canceling a lot of sporting events and a lot of other shit, right? But um, there was a college basketball game that got canceled kind of last moment. And so they switched the prelims to the regular Fox. So when people say, you know, you had this, like, how could you show this fight on Fox? Stuff like that. Well, technically, it was a prelim. Um, they weren't expecting to do that. But like I mentioned, and I'm just going to get into that uh, Lynch Hernandez fight in a second here. If that was the opener instead of Joey Spencer, I think that would have set the tone a little bit differently. I mean, people would still take shots because of the main event, but I wouldn't. Pro- I don't think you'd see as much compla- complaints in a sense um, because that Lynch Hernandez fight. Was good, um, but yeah, Bartholomew, you know, he looked he looked all right. But at 140, he's just not. It's just different, you know. 135, he was a different fighter. 140, and this was actually what 143 or something like that. So we'll see where he goes next. Um, but that Brandon Lynch, um, uh, Lynch and Hernandez, it was the two fights. I this was a close fight, and obviously it ended in a, a draw which I wasn't that mad about. Um, I thought Lynch won the first round. Um, I actually gave him three out of the first four. I thought he got off to a good start. He was using his jab really well with a little bit of movement, Um, landed some nice right hands. Uh, Midway through even that first round, he had a little flurry on the ropes. Then you saw Hernandez start to get his jab going. He had a, a couple of counter right hands. I think he, he won a few of those exchanges in the second round. That's why I gave the second round. Third and fourth, you know, I thought Lynch was just uh, winning it mostly with his jab. Um, really nice right hand to close the third round. Hernandez, I gave the fifth. He had a good start, and he closed really well um, with his jab, right hands, left hooks to the head and body. The sixth round was competitive. That was a two-way round. Um, I gave it to Hernandez. I thought he landed the harder shot. The seventh round was really close. I have a question mark there. Could have went either way. Um, And even the eighth round is like, I gave it to Hernandez just barely, you know. 
Um, I thought he landed just by a tad bit uh, the better shots. So I had it 4-4, four, four, uh, maybe 5-3 Lynch because he did land the harder shots, I think, overall. But Hernandez closed with the harder shots the last few rounds. So I was okay with 4-4, four, 5-3 four, either guy or, or you know, the 4-3-1 the would have worked for me too with a draw round in there. Uh, Lynch did outland him 99-72. to Hernandez was busier, 5-72. Eight rounds, that's pretty good. Uh, not landing that high a percent, what, 14% or something like that, where um, Lynch was 99 of 361 for 27%. Uh, one judge had it a draw, that made it a draw. One judge had it for Hernandez, 78-74, and then 77-75 for Lynch. So, like I said, I, I actually don't think this is that bad of an outcome at all. Uh, I was okay with it. Um, see much controversy. I mean, I'll say this. I, I don't think it was a uh, it probably wasn't a um, like a 6-2. to two, You know, but I don't think either guy won 6-2, but 5-3, 4-4, 4-3-1, whatever you want to 4-3-1-2-1-2-3 fuck it, I'll stop. Um, I was trying to do some public information there. It didn't work. Um, so yeah, overall though, I did I do like what I saw to Lynch Hernandez, you know, um, he didn't fight all that long ago and he went right back at it. So, uh, but both of them got a draw. Um, both of them can kind of go back to the drawing boards and, and kind of resume their career. Obviously Hernandez is, is, even though he doesn't have a ton of fights, he's getting into that journeyman mode now. Um, and the gatekeeper in a sense, um, but he, you know, he fought Rosario twice. He's got some. He's got a pretty good resume considering, you know, he only has like 20 fights. So, um, like I said, had that been the opener, I think that would have just done better, you know. But it did, like, not done better, but you know, it would have, it would have been a good way to start the main broadcast. But like I said, they kind of threw in uh, the prelims on Fox, so it's just one thing, and it's kind of crazy, because when you look at the ratings, I think that's about all, let me just make sure, that's about all I'm going to talk about, I know there was a, uh, there was a heavyweight fight that we talked about last week, that, um, you know, we had an interview last week, you should check it out, um, Frez Aguendo uh, had, uh, you know, he's had a six, seven year battle with the WBA, people failing drug tests, he should have a backup opponent, but since he doesn't have anyone you know, representing him inside boxing, um, that's got a lot of clout. He kind of, he just keeps getting, um, that fight did not go on. Stavern saved it though. I shouldn't say, well, the original fight didn't go on, but I did not watch that fight. Um, just to be honest, I did not buy that pay-per-view. I had no plans and I'm just, like I said, I'm just straight up being honest. I didn't watch the fight. I uh, didn't even, well, I think I saw half a highlight, but I didn't even like, I didn't even mess with it, you know, so um, it is what it is. And, you know, if you bought the Don King pay-per-view, more power to you. I'm not telling you what you shouldn't and shouldn't do, like I always say, when it comes to pay-per-view. Um, as far as, oh, yeah, okay, so... um. You know what's funny? 
I didn't. I was actually surprised at the lead-in. Um, how good it, it because they were supposed to be like I mentioned the college basketball. And I went back and looked last week, and college basketball was like in the five eighty or six hundred thousand range or whatever. Usually, Fox afternoon once college basketball conference starts, um, in the you know the NFL playoffs go away as far as on Saturdays. Then it's college basketball, and it's the usually it's the Big East or the Big Ten, and you know sometimes if the Big East has like ranked versus ranked, it can get a really good rating. Normally, it's the Big Ten. Uh, almost no matter what matchup that gets the better rating, though, um, just a bigger league and whatnot, more brand you know recognition. Don't get me wrong, college basketball, Big East has crazy recognition, but we all know it's not what it was. Um, my point is, the telecast prior, the prelims, did 871,000 and peaked at 1.2. I don't know if that peak was 1.2 at the end of it, or maybe 1.2 right at the start. I have no clue, but 871 compared to the college basketball game, and it, I actually looked at the one before it, too, because um, there was two games that day. Actually, was there three games or two? I can't remember now. I think it was only... Anyway, they were in the high, you know, mid 500,000, 600,000, so boxing prelims did better than college basketball. And both of them would have been like stay busy opponents or not a uh, 50-50 fight, let's put it that way, 50-50 rank versus ranked to, to do it that way. So I was pretty impressed at that. But as far as the main event, um, it did it did really well. In the boxing Twitter segment, we'll talk about, you know, this dude who is uh, tied to some other folks uh, inside of boxing, he doesn't believe the rating. He's not buying the rating, even though, you know, these, uh, these networks that produce billions, of, billions and billions of dollars of revenue, they haven't been able to influence the independent Nielsen rating. But somehow, some way, Al Heyman, been able to take over or bribe or Ponzi scheme, because a lot of people like to say that, um, the Nielsen ratings. And it's like, but you know what? That doesn't surprise me. It's pretty funny because I remember like back in 2015 when the PBC started with network TV, some guy that just hates the PBC was like, I am, I saw this multiple times actually throughout the maybe a year's time or something. I am not going to watch the BBC card live because I don't want to give them my rating. <laughs> when if you just do your Googles, it's called Nielsen Family. Like, you actually have to register to be a Nielsen. You see what I'm saying? No, a DVR is different. You know, if you watch it on DVR and watch it by like one in the morning, you'll count as the rating. Or in the in a sense, in the average of the rating. But they're not counting all home. You know, this is an average of a couple hundred thousand homes is what it breaks down to in the top 56 markets or whatever. But anyway, that that just shows you, you know, I don't believe these ratings based off Google Trends. Okay, well, I'm going to stop roasting this. We'll get them a little later. Anyway, Plant Truex peaked at 2 million. The whole card uh, did 1.6 million. 
which is pretty damn strong. It did really good in the demo, too. I haven't seen the final demographic, but I just know based off what's going on on the on the overnight demo and just looking at it, it they did really well there, considering it's the highest rated um, average and peak number since um, Jamal Charlo's knockout over Tony Harrison. I'm actually reading right from Keith Eidick on BoxingScene.com. So the main event averaged 1.887. So basically, all together, if you look at stream and box supports, that easily 1.9. And so you could probably, eh, I, don't, I don't know, I'll just stop right there. But it, it peaked at 2 million. Um, and obviously, it got plenty of promo during the you know NBA or NFL playoffs. Um, and, you know, you you're trying to line your guy up for a Canelo fight, his biggest payday and his biggest opportunity to not only become a star, but to knock, you know, to knock off a star. So to get 2 million people to pay attention to you and you look like a slick boxer who was easy, you know, like I did get a couple of texts off of plant too and how they've seen him develop, you know, on Fox. And, it, and it's true. I mean, last year he peaked at like 1.8, I think he peaked at like one, a little over a million uh, on the prelim card um, for Pacquiao and Thurman pay-per-view. They had that Fox, you know, promo thing. And then even that FS1 card, he got the highest rating because they did a lot of promo there. So, they're, you know, that's part of it, guys. If, if, if Fox is going to have Canelo and Plant fight, they're going to want to try to build it. That's why I bring up Andre Durrell. If Andre Durrell, you know, he hasn't fought since uh, Spence and Porter or next month. Um, then in the summer they can fight. That would be that work for me, especially if it's just on Fox. That's dope, which it would be. So, you know, there is a plan here. So why not try to get him to peak at a, a, a another time at two million, right before you're going to fight Canelo? It makes it makes a lot of sense. And like I said, Darrell and, and uh, Plant this summer would be dope because, you know, Darrell's a solid fighter. And also, like I mentioned, he hung in there with Benavides for a while. He got cut. He started to, you know, Benavides turned the tables on him. Obviously, he was winning the fight. But Darrell hit him with plenty. It was a good back-and-forth fight. Anyway, so it did good ratings. Um, but it didn't stop. You know, and this isn't even boxing Twitter segment. This is, you know, a professional, not even part-time media. This is professional media uh, members saying that. You know, it's one, like I said, it's one thing just to hate on the fight. If you don't like the fight, cool. Cool. Don't live and die by the ring magazine, you know, uh, rankings because they got true Truax 8th. But just say it. Just say you don't like it. But when you... This is when you're either getting a sponsorship paid off from DAZN or whatever, which, you know, The Athletic is. Uh, and that's not making up conspiracies or anything like that. That's not any, you know, that's just facts. Um, when you say it's not going to get a good rating because it, it's a mismatch, when, when you've seen the promo, it, it, that's where it's like, wow, dude, so you're willing to go the extra step. You just don't like the fight. Or, you know, you, it's not that you just don't like the fight. You, you're you going to go that extra way, and this is what he wrote. You know, when you're fighting such a large uh, underdog, I think it got up to 60 to 1 in some places. I saw 10 to 1, uh, 15 to 1, 20 to 1. 
Um, you can't say anything you want, or you can't say anything you want. Of course, sports fans. Here it is. Of course, sports fans will decide what they want to watch, and the ratings on Saturday night will prove that a boxing mismatch is not that. They don't want to watch a boxing mismatch, and that's cool. But to, to double down when you've seen the amount of promotion that the fight got and knowing what they're trying to promote a fight with Canelo, with Fox, it's like, why go that extra mile? Well, we know why. Because, you know, they're, uh, they're paid to do it. That's just facts. Um, or they're, you know, trying to get paid to do it. <laughs> or they're trying to get re-upped to do it. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, case in point, Coppinger, when he was had that breaking news uh, news segment on Fox uh, or on that Fox PBC, you know, fight show, he wasn't saying shit about pay-per-view then. But then the second he was done with that and then went with DAZN, now it's – I mean, the guy, Coppinger literally said they needed to find a way to put Wilder and Fury 2 on – regular TV and just lose a bunch of money, I guess. Like, come on, dude. This shit's so obvious. Like, But anyway, the rating did good, which it's supposed to. Plant has been on Fox four times now in a row, and it got promo, dude. It's not really some kind of, you know, weird science thing or something or some kind of, you need, like, a protractor and you need to, like, put on your chemist goggles and I mean, you don't, it's, or Google up, you can do all your Googles you want, but, um, I don't know. It's just funny to me. It's just funny. Anyway, um, actually, let me see here. Um, I'm going to see 503. Do you want to, do you want to, you want to, you want to, you want a little segment here? It's up to you. If you're just chilling, listen, that's cool too. Anybody else that's online, press one if you want to join in. Cool. Maybe you have something to say. Maybe you want to go against me. Maybe you don't. Whatever. If you want to just listen, that's cool too. No problem. Um, we are getting, though, some mixed messages, I noticed, uh, from this Pacquiao thing. Last week, right after Conor McGregor got knocked the F out, bam, Ryan Garcia's like, I got, a, I got something bigger. I got something bigger. And he was even saying, I believe he was saying that, but, but then when that happened, it was like, um, you know, it's on. Um, you know, we heard the dirty word exhibition on pay-per-view. That's all just one word, exhibition pay-per-view, right? To me, that's a, I don't, I don't like that combo. If you, you know, if you got the Tyson stuff, Tyson Holyfield's going to fight, buy it if you want, dude. I'm not, I'm not ripping you. It is what it is. Um, but to me, when you have active fighters, and yes, we know Pacquiao's older, but he just beat Thurman not long ago, and he should be pretty fresh. And then what, a 22-year-old, 21-year-old? We don't need an exhibition. Now, a catchweight, you know, that's different. A catchweight's different. Because I can understand that, and let's be honest, Pacquiao was willing to go to 140 to fight um, Lomachenko at one point, you know, and they were at one point thinking maybe at 140 that, you know, him and Crawford would fight when he was there. So, 
But this is that, you know, his pops, Henry, I think it's Henry Garcia, Ryan Garcia's dad, um, was saying that it's, it's, it's a planned, this is what he said, it's a planned 10-round exhibition match against Manny Pacquiao, and it could be at 143 catch weight in April or May. Um, you know, but we also heard a variety of stuff, you know. We, we heard, actually, if you look at um, ESPN, um, Salvador Rodriguez from a, just literally the 30th, you know, he said, this is the headline, uh, Manny Pacquiao, Ryan Garcia fight not happening. Golden Boy promotional, you know, exec says it, Eric Gomez. There's nothing to talk about there. They contact us, contacted us, but it turns out there's nothing to talk about. That fight is not going to happen. Um, and his, you know, his representation said, we're discussing terms. Um, and this is what they said to, to the athletic, uh, where does it go? Shoot, I lost it. We're discussing terms. Manny and Ryan want it, instructed their teams to make it happen. That's what we're trying to accomplish. Um, call and somebody say, yeah, you can fight Manny Pacquiao. Oh, you can get a call and someone says, you know, you can fight Manny Pacquiao. What are you going to say? Garcia said that to ESPN, and of course, I, I totally get it. Um, and even if it is an exhibition, I'm still not going to rip Brian Garcia for going up and doing it because it still makes sense for him. Um, however, Gomez says Pacquiao's group, the one he signed that put him in the same company as uh, McGregor, that representation there, I think that's an official management. Um Pacquiao's group is new to boxing, so there wasn't anything uh, to build on or discuss. He added that after he and Golden Boy Oscar De La Hoya met with top-ranked Bob's Aram, Bob Aram, he considered the next opponent potentially Tiafimo. Tiafimo is more feasible. It's one of the fights that obviously interests Ryan Garcia, and it could be a great fight. Um, I mean, there, there's a variety of things that folks have been talking about here. But one thing that was... You know, I shouldn't say for certain, but one thing that stands out is Ryan Garcia coming out and saying, hey, you know, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, you, you, you saw the Instagram post with Gomez and, and Oscar De La Hoya with Bob Arum. And that makes sense because they don't have a full deal uh, like they used to um, with the zone since Canelo's gone. So they probably are saying, hey, you know, can we get some of these dates on ESPN Plus, or can we do this? Can we do that? Whatever the case may be. Um, and maybe one of them is that. Speaking of Ryan Garcia, by the way, shouts out to him, dude. Ryan Garcia became the first boxer to sign an endorsement deal with Gatorade. That's pretty dope. And the Gatorade G is, like, perfect for his last name. So this is what Ryan Garcia said a couple different times. I just want to make it real clear. My fight with Manny Pacquiao will not be an exhibition. All on the line. Our records are on the line. I just wanted to make that very clear. And even if they call it an exhibition, he said he's going for the knockout. Um, Then also, um, Barbosa Box, uh, who works for ESPN Deportes, I believe. Pacquiao-Ryan negotiations are alive and kicking. This is January 30th. Ongoing. If current deal with investors that fall through, that's what it sounds like something fell through, they will keep pursuing deal with other interests. There are quite a few parties interested. So, um, 
you know, it is what it is. He also said this to ESPN Ringside Instagram, um, or actually, I think this is just from his Instagram post. Um, I'll make it clear. I'm not fighting exhibition. This let this statement go everywhere because so that's why I know it's his his uh, real quote because <laughs> he says something like that. Let this statement go everywhere because so many things are being said. I'm not stepping into the ring with nothing on the line. Okay, that clears up that last quote. I'm fighting someone who I've seen, you know, as an inspiration. I'm coming to take the torch. Twelve rounds with our records on the line. So he's saying best exhibition. Um, we're getting it in, dude. I don't give a crap. Um, so you know, it is what it is. Like, and actually, that that what is it? Paradigm or what the hell are they? I can't remember. Paradigm Sports or something like that. They came out and said the only you know the boxing industry has a history of shady characters being involved. These individuals introduce confusion and spread false rumors solely for their own interests. Unfortunately, this ends up um, spreading false and spreading false and inaccurate rumors that are self-serving without the authority of the senator Manny Pacquiao. Um, so yeah. He said he signed exclusively here as far as, you know, the management. Uh, no one outside is involved in any way with management. So basically, when we'll tell you or he tells you, that's when you know it's on. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where this thing goes. Um, like I said, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, as an exhibition, I'm just not. I'm just not. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and well, he needs just a little bit more time. Um, couple items, just fight news. Obviously, we'll get into the boxer Twitter segment as well. Fight TV has two fight cards on February 6th for those who care. Um, Austin Trout is involved in one of those fights. Did I pump that up or what? No. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did you do, oh, Virgil Ortiz and Mauricio, or Maurice Hooker, Mauricio. Maurice Hooker lands in Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, which is not far away from his hometown. Both of them are from that area, right? Actually, Houston, is it? Is he from Houston or Dallas? Uh, Hooker. Anyway, this is from BoxingScene.com, the highly anticipated welterweight showdown between rising knockout artist Virgil Ortiz and former Marie, former champion Maurice Mighty Mo Hooker will take place in the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. The event, which is stacked from top to bottom, it's rare two fighters, oh yeah, get to square off in front of their hometown fans with Dickies Arena just down the road from both. Okay, so that answers my question. That was Oscar Tavahoya saying it. Um, dope. I also heard that Ring City USA, March 18th, is going to have uh, it's going to have a card. Um, I can't remember what it is. I think it's Machado and uh, Tanjara. Not Tanjara. Uh, Tanjara? I think it's, it's Hector. That's going to be on it. Um, there's also an undefeated Olympian um, going against Keytrob, if I remember correctly. 
correctly. This is what I was going to try to say. Um, tickets are now. Na- oh wait. Yeah, tickets are on sale for Estrada Chocolatito. Okay, Juan Francisco Estrada, Roman Gonzalez. They went on sale at Ticketmaster March 13th. They went on sale a couple couple of days ago. So get those tickets now. That's going to be a bomb ass fight. Um, and also McCaskill uh, Brick Brickhouse Brickhouse. That's going to be on the undercard as well. So that's pretty dope. Um, sounds like uh, that fight I mentioned a while back. Um, Tim Zhu versus Dennis Hogan at 154 is going to be on a Wednesday, March. Yeah, in March. Venue's still getting figured out. But I like that fight. That's a good fight. I think that's a really good fight. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to try to say. March 25th. Ring City USA is going to be in, I think they're going two shows, if not three, in Puerto Rico. Amanda Seriano is fighting uh, Bermudez for a WBO IBF unification bout at 126. Um, Seriano, all right, that's good. I'm glad that she's getting um, that she's getting some, uh, some play. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go out to Portland. Assuming he's ready now. Uh, Let's see here. 503 Portland. What's up, man? What's going down? Yeah, yo, hey, yo, yo, what up, what up, Chris? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, here in the cold ass, rainy Oregon. Uh, but uh, how you doing, Chris? How's everything, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. That's just music to my ears when I hear that. It's just music to my ears. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. All all year round, man. As long as Canelo, as long as Canelo, man, is winning, and you know, I, I mean, we have so many fighters, bro. It's like the the anthem will always keep going. You know what I mean? So it, it, it'll Hell never yeah. die. You know what I mean? It's like Mexico breathes with that fucking fighter, bro. We, we, you know, we're always alive for this shit. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, let's get into it, uh, man. Um, uh, Caleb Plant, uh, let's uh, versus uh, Caleb Truex, man. I gotta tell you, Chris, man, I was I was pulling for your boy, Medicine Zone, uh, Caleb Truex, man. I, yeah. I, I was, you know, you know what I mean. I, I was I was doing for the underdog. Um, uh, I believe, you know what I mean. He was, I, I, I remember, I think he was a huge underdog too. I, I believe in the. Uh, Cause I watched that uh, Max Kellerman um, interview with uh, Plant, and I remember he was talking about how he was a huge favorite, and he, if he was like wondering if he was going for the, if he should go for the knockout. Obviously, he didn't get it. Uh, he would, he didn't look like he, like he was going for it. Um, I think he, in my opinion, I think he out just tried a little bit too much boxing, um, uh, too much boxing, like too much trying to be too slick. Like he thought, thinking. I thought like he like he thought that uh, Truex was too much of a killer in there, and uh, I thought he probably should try to be more impressive and put the pressure on him and set up some you know some good combinations and put it you know I don't know maybe uh you know try, kind of change it up a little bit because obviously this guy I mean he was such a huge favorite you know what I mean and uh, um but I don't know man uh, he did I mean my honest opinion he he won but he didn't win an impressive impressive leap for me. Uh, to consider sure. consider him into a uh, Canelo potential fight, 
I think he still needs a lot of building, uh, in my opinion. Um, uh, he still needs to build up uh, his record. I think I believe what well, he's like twenty-one to zero now. Uh, I think with that with that win. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I don't know. I'm not sure. I yeah, know, I think you're right. I, I think you're young, right. I, I think you got it right I on. Think he, I, yeah, because I, I know he's really young on his record and everything, but he's just got a belt, man. And uh, you know, you you think about it, right? You're like, oh, how can if you match Caleb Plant or you know uh, Plant with um what's his name um Canelo's last uh, opponent Smith, uh, you know, like what, how would you favor uh, Plant doing? You know what I mean? And I think he would have some sort of trouble with him. So, uh, and then if you like, you know, if you put Canelo with uh, Truax, I mean. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Canelo, you know, demolishes them. And, uh, and not only that, but, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what's his, what's his name? Uh, the ESPN dude. I think it was, was it Bradley that said that uh, Canelo needed a uh, a knockout to, to be pound for pound you know, on their list or some shit like that in order to, to be, yeah, in order, he needs a knockout on uh, Yodrim. Or, uh, right, Yodrim, is he still fighting him or is he yeah. with, uh, with Sounders? No, it's, is it still, yeah, it's Yodrim. Yodrim. It's Yildrum, oh, okay. which that one make it – that has – you know, that makes no sense. Oh, I'll put him at pound for pound if he beats a guy we all know he's going to beat. You know, it just yeah. that's silly to me. <laughs> like, what it's the hell? Right, but but... I, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, Canelo yeah, said right. he wants to fight the dudes with belts, and he's got a belt. So he's in the right oh, yeah. spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And uh, But, yeah, like like I was saying before, uh, Plant just needs a little bit more building. I don't want to ridicule him too much because he is, he is making some noise in the division. I mean, you got to give him credit. He did uh, – that. the viewing ship uh, for his fight was pretty pretty solid, in my opinion, for for those numbers. So, uh, I think, you know, uh, he has the potential. Like, he does, he does have a belt, so he has a potential Canelo uh, fight. I would like to – you know, I would like to see him um, – in all honesty, before Canelo, uh, I would like to see him with Benavides. Like that, get that fight going. I think uh, uh, just to see like winner to go, like the winner goes to Canelo. You know what I mean? And uh, just, just, just that's in my opinion. Anthony that like, cause... what about as a second choice, Anthony Durrell in the summer on Fox? What would you think about that fight with uh, Plant? Yeah, Plant and Durrell. Because remember Benavides and Durrell, that was his last fight actually, and. Darrell did really good in the early goings, and Benavides just kind of turned around and started, you know, started landing the hard ass punches. Yeah, you know, I, I to me, I do like that fight just you know just because I I know Darrell brings skills into the ring. I know he's not a brawler, but he brings a really good set of skills into the ring. So I think he could get tested that way. But we know, man, uh, you know, you know, boxing, you know. Uh, uh, the boxing critics, the the boxing casuals, they all will criticize him for taking this fight. I mean, Darrell is kind of, you know, he, he was a name back in the day, you know what I mean? So uh, him being brought up, I mean, it's a solid fight. I think, you know, it would be, you know, it's a name versus a name. So we, we would, we would want to see that, but I think he would be ridiculed for that. And, uh, but I mean, that's my, my opinion, but I would like to see oh, that. Oh, he would. He um, would. Even though people liked Benavides against Darrell, you're, you're perf You're exactly right. He would get criticized for it. Yeah, because I mean, he did get criticized with uh, right with True X, you know. What I mean, even though that was a, uh, I believe that was a mandatory right, so uh, you yeah. know he had to do that one. And and plus, I saw the interview where um, he mentioned that he wanted to get that one out of the way just so he could be open right for this yeah, rest of the year. And then yeah, right. so yep. yeah, so you know we all got to take that into consideration because this year, I mean, you could you could ridicule him for this fight, but I mean, he just told you why he took the fight, and I and you know I accepted. You know, I mean, I I like it now. He's open, and uh, you know he doesn't have any mandatories or obligations to with the IBF. So I think, you know, it's, it's perfect, man, unless the IBF does something to change it up. But 
you know, I like it. So, you know, his response to, you know, being open, that's, it's perfect. Because obviously, uh, you know, he's getting also some, uh, <laughs> you know, he's getting a new nickname out there that I've seen calling them, calling them, uh, uh, what was it, uh, soft hands and, uh, and you know what I mean? Because he, he, I believe he broke his hand in uh, his left, his left hand or his, I, one of his hands. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah, so, uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't, um, uh, affect him too much for his plans, you know what I mean? So, because uh, I do wish him the best, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, because, I mean, uh, I do want to see him fight and some, some good names, but uh, Darrell is a solid name, you know, I'm not going to hate on that. Uh, but like I said, Benavides, Benavides would be the, the, the biggest name, I think. Uh, but, uh, but as for, like, as far as a Canelo fight, I don't think, uh, he is uh, ready for for that anytime soon. Um, just just because what I saw, I don't know. Just because, in my opinion, I think he felt he, he kind of should have put him away. Uh, Trek, but we, um, we I mean, we all know Trek is a, is, is, is a warrior. You know what I mean? But just like he was such a heavy favorite. You know what I mean? And uh, um, that's just my honest opinion. I mean, because because uh, I oh, mean, yeah. I like Plant. I want to see the fight. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, man. And uh, but as far as that Plant, I mean, Plant won. You know what I mean? So that that's all it's about. At the end of the day, it's always about the W. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm just some some fan talking. You know, I mean, my opinion. So he he could care less oh, yeah. about what I say. Well, the thing is, <laughs> Canelo's going to be, and that's what's great about it. You're you're speaking exactly what you feel, which is dope. You're not, you know, these media members. They have all these, you know, underlining things where you're just saying it like it is, and that's why I respect you so much. Um, you're giving your opinion. You're not afraid to give your opinion. Uh, but in the same breath, who is like who's gonna be favored to win against Alvarez? Nobody, nobody. And I don't. I, I mean, Benavides could hang with them, but I don't see Benavides beating Canelo because his defense is garbage. So it's kind of like Plant, Billy Joe Saunders, Benavides. Like who has Benavides beat to earn a shot with Canelo? You know, we could say the same thing. Who is Billy Joe Saunders at 168? He hasn't fought anyone at 168 besides a Murray. So I kind of feel like they're just they're just fortunate that Canelo's in the weight class. So if I was a fighter and I had a choice to fight Benavides or Canelo, I'm fighting Canelo because I can always fight Benavides a year later, you know, for more money, you know. So and not only that, but if he did fight Benavides, you know damn well people would have been like when he if he lost to Benavides, what then what would people say? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, oh, dude, you totally fucked up, man. You had a Canelo fight, and you fucked up. Like, how could you do that? Or let's say you take a fight, and then you break your hand, and you're out for the rest of the year. You can't fight Canelo. So it, it's yeah. a funky, funky thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. It's definitely a funky thing, man. It's always up and down, down and ups, man, boxing. I mean, we could want something, but uh, usually it never yeah. comes, man. So I mean, I mean, just look at the that's situation why I think with Crawford and Spence. That's fight is legit. Like they could actually make it. They're going to be on the fight, the the same fight pattern. That's the one. If he fights someone this summer, that's who I think it's going to be. Yeah, that that's a good one. You know what I mean? That because I mean, Darrell is a solid fighter. You know what I mean? Uh, he does bring skills, and that's what I would like. You know, would like. You know what I mean? And uh, so, but I would what also what I like, man, is uh, to put him in there with the. Uh, uh, like in a, in a fun fight with plans, someone that comes forward, maybe like a like a Porky Medina, um, like that kind of fighter. <laughs> I don't know, like someone fun. Maybe I don't know. That, that's that's just my opinion. But uh, but yeah, like uh, the Darrell. Uh, yeah, like like I said, I got no problem with that and everything. So, um, but yeah, man. And uh, as far as that uh, looks like, uh, yeah. So the card was all right. It was solid. You know, what I mean, it wasn't too bad. No, nothing really 
to talk about Spencer. Yeah, I, I like that kid. You know, what I mean, uh, Spencer looked. Uh, I believe he got that knockout in the first round. You know, what I mean, so that was cool uh, to watch for uh, um, for that. And also, you mentioned Chris that uh, you know that uh, that um, how they moved the prelims to Fox. Man, I thought that was pretty cool in my opinion, just because uh, I'm one of those people that started this year uh, cutting off the Directv bill. So, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it, it was it was just perfect to, to me because I don't have FS1. I was going to oh, try yeah. to probably catch hey. the, the, the prelims. Yeah, yeah, so that works really good for you. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely, you know, a plus for me because, uh, cause, you know, because uh, I can't believe people are like, you know, oh, are like, you know, kind of uh, criticizing that. Like, oh, we didn't know the prelims were going to be on Fox. Like, well, I mean, that's even better. I mean, it's free. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. uh, I thought, I thought, I thought that was solid. You know, what I mean, my opinion, it just because there was something. Go- it's better than going to a they like Fox could have chosen another maybe college basketball game or or something else, and they said, hey, you guys take the spot because the college basketball game got postponed from a COVID. So it's like, why not? You know, I think it was pretty dope too. And uh, and also, man, let me comment on the. Uh, Ryan Garcia, man, I, I didn't get to call in that one time, but I, I liked how uh, he uh, with his opponent, um, he uh, how he finished them with the with the body shot. I thought that was uh, that was that was awesome. How he had to show his, his grit, his toughness, and I gotta say, man, his Mexican in him, man, that's what I liked, man. And uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, like I like I mentioned earlier, uh, calls before where I, I I'm not a big person that's about I want him to be uh, popular, get money, and all that, or whatever, you know, all that shit. I just wanted to show toughness and and real like real Mexican blood, you know what I mean? Real shit, man. And uh, he showed it, bro. And uh, that was the the finish and everything was awesome. And uh, man, and, and and if he does score this Manny Pacquiao fight, what a, what an awesome you know opportunity for the young kid. And uh, you know, uh, I'm glad that he actually uh, uh, talked about um, on a post uh, that he uh, that the that the fight wasn't going to be a sparring or uh, you know headgear and all that bullshit. So, right. Um, I, I I thought that was awesome, but it, you know what I mean. But I I heard some shit from uh, Golden Boy saying that that that's a pos that's, that's most likely not a possibility for uh, for the young kid. And uh, I get it, man. It's business. Uh, but uh, you know, in all honesty, too, I don't see. I mean, I get what Ryan gets from it. It's, it's a huge fight for this young kid. But like for Manny Pacquiao, I feel like I don't know. I gotta kind of got I gotta kind of criticize him just because I like I would like to see him. I don't know. Maybe just uh, take. You know what? Since, uh, since there was those rumors with the McGregor fight, uh, you know, was supposed to happen, I, I say give the opportunity to the, to, the, um, to the man that beat McGregor. Like, I mean, he did knock him out. I mean, I think that would sell even, um, in, like, to the, to the box fans and MMA fans. Obviously, Manny Pacquiao is going to destroy him. But I think, you know, what I mean, if you're gonna give McGregor a shot, look how look how bad he crumbled after two rounds. So it's like, uh, I think, you know, if if Manny Pacquiao really wants to just kind of have a, you know, uh, a, you know, a sayonara yeah. fight, uh, you know what I mean? I think he should take a consider uh, consider that one. You know what I mean? That uh, that MMA dude, that uh, Dustin Poirier, the that dude. I think he should consider that guy just to make a fun, exciting event for 2021 just to go on a big hurrah i think it would sell i think you know what i mean uh that's just my my honest opinion because i'm a you know you know i'm I'm a fight fan well the folks that put up the money may not think the same though without mcgregor Mm. tied you know what i mean i think that's what that's where because part of it is the you know just the build up too with mcgregor talking all sorts of shit and the combination of i already beat a slick boxer blah 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 i think you're i think it'd be cool uh, for you know 
the, the guy who beat him to get it. But I, I doubt the investors feel the same way. You know what I mean? But that's a good call. Yeah, I hear I mean, you know. Yeah, that, that, like, that's just like Who's a... this guy? Oh, he just knocked him out. Oh, okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I mean, I'm just saying, just I'm just giving an idea, like if uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun fight because yeah. like Ryan Garcia, I mean, Ryan Garcia should be a fun fight for Manny. Let's all face it, you know what I mean? It should be, um, you know, uh, a pretty easy task for him. I mean, because in all honest, my honest opinion, I I feel like too that Manny Pacquiao still beats the entire welterweight division, and, and you know, including Crawford and Spence. Like even to me, like I I still believe that. Like how like how can Manny Pacquiao still be like denied after that? performance against um uh what's his name fucking yeah. well, fuck, i forgot his name uh Thurman. and uh but yeah after his performance at that so uh you know i mean he just so pacquiao still got to man like he could still really be like competitive with these young guys like i you know what i mean and i don't know that's yeah, just my opinion you know what i mean but uh I but also too man fight because he's got to run for president dude and that shit's costly so he may be getting because the rumors before were Mikey Garcia winnable fight, then take on Spence. So maybe he just wants to either get McGregor monster payday or a nice healthy payday, and then fight Spence. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. Maybe it is just one last rod, and I can't really. The guy's spotting everybody under the sun, so I'm not going to get too hard. If he, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rip him if he wants to fight Ryan Garcia and then dip. I mean, he's given us so much, you know, in the ring. But, yeah, I agree. I, I, I know a lot of – some people don't want to see some of those fights against the, the prime welterweights. But I think Pacquiao, not just name recognition, but, you know, what he's shown, in, in, you know, I think those are damn good fights still. And I think that they people – once fight week comes up, you know damn well people will be like, actually, I'm pumped for this fight, you know. Yeah, definitely, bro. You know, you know what? You know, it's always that fight week, the build up and the weigh ins, and then you're like Saturday night. You're like, I'm, I'm gonna buy them. You know, I'm gonna push that button. And, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you buy it. So you know what I mean? Everybody, everybody's got the same feeling, bro. I mean, uh, you know, it's like to me, like once a, like a big event, small event like that, uh, I like them. So you know what I mean? Because I'm just a fight fan. You know what I mean? Uh, I usually buy them all. Right. So not gonna lie you know what i mean but uh but yeah man as far as that yo uh chris i don't have too much to say man i just want to thank you brother thank you for having me on i just want to say canelo still runs boxing viva ropa dope yes, radio sir. and viva mexico yeah. all right man i appreciate you calling in and that is true no lies told there canelo is the ish um you know there's been some tight scorecards oh well you know it happens um, but his resume, you just cannot in the improvement. That's what like makes me laugh. Like the that people just don't, they can't admit. And a lot of his glove can let's admit it. You know, I mean, there's no, it's no, you know, speaking from a white person's perspective, quote unquote. Even though that's a weird way to say it, because you know, there's a lot of perspectives out there that I wouldn't say I want to speak from that. But the fact that Golovkin was a white dude knocking people out. And if you look across the media, it's a lot of white dudes. And it was just, they're just so pumped up, just so pumped up over this dude. Oh my God. You know, like, it's just funny. To me. It's just funny how it all, you know, then they gave him the fight and it was a competitive fight. You got Teddy Atlas saying it's a 10 to do 10 to two fight. <laughs> 
which is ridiculous. Yes, the 10 to 2 scorecard was horrendous. But nobody fought, nobody. And that's where the emotion comes out of the media where it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. You just because some bullshit card was 10 to 2, you shouldn't turn around and well, fuck it. I'm going to do 10 to the other way like Teddy Atlas did on ESPN. So Canelo only won two of those rounds. Um, I understand the PED stuff. I get it. But when you look at it, it's funny. These same dudes could look at the Povekin situation and go, well, that's a trace amount, dude. That's a dude, you know. And then, but then later that year, he got busted again with some other shit. But then when Canelo has a trace amount of some shit that NFL teams are told not to eat the meat, the beef, I should say, because of the ranchers in Mexico, when they go down, when they've had games in Mexico City, same with the NBA, same with the, the Olympics. Like, yeah, he made a bad it, – it, it was a mistake that he should get disciplined for. But just calm down, guys. It's okay. Win, lose, or – because these are – I'm sorry that I'm ranting so much on this, but you got me going on that, Portland, because seriously, like these are the dudes that will tell you a win, lose, or draw, dude. I don't care. I just want to see him fight. Well, fucking A. Isn't that the definition of Canelo? Win, lose, or draw, who's got the resume of Canelo in the entire active sport besides Manny Pacquiao? Active, I'm saying. And, I, and I'm not talking about exhibition. Mayweather. Oh, shit, you could bring – I mean, I guess Holyfield would have more one than Tyson at, at prime. But anyway um, – yeah, it's ridiculous, dude. Like, you can just say that you thought Golovkin won the fight. It's okay, man. But you don't have to go all the other, you know, I, I don't know. But then say Terrence Crawford is the number one, just hands down. But then you look at his resume, and I don't know. It is what it is. Anyway, um, speaking of Manny Pacquiao, the WBA. Did I go over this? Did I already say that? I don't think I did. Yeah, because I was just talking about that Pacquiao-Ryan Garcia. Anyway, the WBA actually made a decision that makes sense. Um, clearly, it's been two times now that Spence put himself in position that he that the Pacquiao fight could be next, right? Because remember, 2019 against Garcia, Pacquiao was in the ring. Hey, would you fight him? Yeah, yeah, I like, I just like everybody. You know, he didn't really want to, he said, yeah, sure, man, I, I would, I would fight him, you know, at some point. I'm not saying he's ducking him and he's scared, it's not like that. But, you know, and now he's been out of the ring since July 2019. God, it's hard to, man, that last summer, this last year, it's crazy that in like six weeks, dude, seven weeks, we're going to be a whole year since the, the major shutdown. It's just unbelievable. Um, time just flies. Uh, other times it just drinks. But anyway, I'm kind of all over on this place. But they put Pacquiao in the champion in recess because we really don't know what the hell he's doing. I'm sure the WBA would, but would one you know at 147 usually you got to fight someone in the ranking top 15. Otherwise they're not going to sanction it. Whatever. And it's not like Ryan Garcia is going to get ranked at 147. You know what I mean? Because um, he had, you know, with Mikey Garcia, it was a little different because he had fought um, at 140 multiple times. So it's a little funky. But anyway, I thought they did a good job here because Pacquiao, at this moment, 
Now, who knows? Maybe Spence gets to fight this summer. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's not impossible. Um, but clearly, Spence has put himself in a range of, hey, let's, let's, let's get that belt so someone can have three belts. But Pacquiao, you know, by the time he fights, if it's April or May, that's coming on almost two years. So they put him in the recess. You're, just, you're a champ still, champ. We got to, like, not have you be our champ right now because you're not active. And if you fight an exhibition, there's rumors of the exhibition, rumors of whatever, catchweight. You know, belts have been on the titles for catchweights, you know, before the 2000s, Chagrin Leonard. Anyway, um, they made Ugas the full champ. And let's be honest, some people out there did think that that split decision against Porter should have went Ugas' way. You know, I was okay. I would have been okay with a draw. I was okay with a close win by either guy. I, I think you can make points on both sides. So I get the Ugas thing. Um, but now he is the full-blown champ there. So now all of a sudden, Spence and Ugas are probably going to fight, and I'm guessing it's going to be on Fox now. Could it be on pay-per-view just because Spence is, does numbers or whatever? And, and it, you know, if they put it in – Cowboy Stadium, you know it's going to do well, especially by the summer. Uh, it'll, I don't know if it'll still be limited, but it won't be 20% you know, by the summer. So I'm assuming, knock on wood. Um, so Spence and Ugas seems like that's the next fight. And if we can't, you know, Spence and Crawford is not going to happen next regardless. I mean, Bob Arum's come out and said that without a gate, we can't do that fight. So, you know, who knows what that would be. And they need a full gate jam-packed stadium is what he was talking about. Or not stadium, but arena. Let's be honest, it'd probably be in Vegas, you know, because I doubt that Crawford would want to go to to Dallas. Maybe he would, though. You never know if the money's right. But that fight's not happening. Who knows what's going to happen with Crawford. Porter's still out there reiterating these last couple of days that he wants the Crawford fight. Let's do it. So... Spence Ugas makes makes a lot of sense. Then he's, you know, presumably most people will think Spence is going to win. Whatever. I'm not trying to dog Ugas, but then he'd have three belts, and then it'd just be Crawford. And Crawford is off his contract this October with top rank. So then if he's off his contract, that fight is a lot easier to get made because Heyman takes a much smaller percentage of the fighter's take in a pay-per-view setting than Bob Arum. That's not hate. That's just facts, guys. That's just facts, okay? Uh, One's a promoter. One's a manager slash advisor. So it is what it is. Um, But I like the Spence Ugas fight, knowing that the Crawford fight wouldn't happen next, knowing that it doesn't seem like he would get the Pacquiao fight. Sign me up for Spence Ugas. And with hope that they would have that on normal Fox. But, you know, Spence does generate, so maybe it won't. Um, I don't know, but I, but I, I, that would be dope. That would be a good, good fight, good stylistic fight. Ugas, you know, has built his his stuff back, and it's just, you know, I like it. I would like that fight. Um, let's see here. Um, right now, actually, I see Wood on. I'm actually getting help, Wood. 
from my switchboard. It actually just a couple minutes ago kind of went funky. Um, but I, I'm able to see you're on there, and I should be able to unmute you. Maybe you're just chilling. Listen, that's cool too. But just a heads up with that. Um, so anyway, there is some fight news that we're going to go over, some current fight news, and then, of course, we'll go, um, you know, we'll end it on the boxing Twitter segment. For those still hanging around for the boxing Twitter segment, uh, you guys know um, what the dealio is. It's basically like having fun with boxing Twitter. Sometimes I pick out a, a fanboy. Most of the time I try to stick to, you know, media members being fanboys type stuff. Um, but this is some news. Um, Keyshawn Davis, top amateur, right, for the U.S. program, um, has now signed with Matchroom Boxing. He's going to make his pro debut February 27th in Miami on that Canelo Yildrum. So good shots for him. He is no longer uh, headed to the Olympics. So he is a full-blown pro now. So, shots out to you, dude. Um, I think that's dope. I really do. I like that. That's that's cool. I mean, I would have liked to, you know, um, had him go to the Olympics, too. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Um, here's actually, speaking of uh, possible misinformation, <laughs> um, Sean Gibbons said, who said it was an exhibition? I never. Lots of chatter on the internet until you hear an official announcement. It's all gossip. It's all gossip. Um, Wood, I got your text. Maybe you didn't hear me earlier. Um, I see you, but I can't unmute you right now. I'm actually just getting help through blog talk. Sometimes when you do a show at this time, which is like <coughs> prime time for blog talk, um, sometimes the switchboard acts a little funky. So um, I'm going to try to get you on. I feel like I'm going to be able to get you on. But um, I just need a, you know, a chunk of minutes, basically. I just got to hear back from him and whatnot. Anyway, um, let's see some other fight news I was going to talk about. That uh, Danielson pitcher with Manny Pacquiao, the Karate Kid pitcher, that shit is funny, by the way. I like that. That's, that's one of those Twitter things where you're like, yup. That is perfect. Um, there is some other news. I just oh here we go. Um, do 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 do. So we have a couple of uh, a couple of news items. I just ow what the hell? Huh? Where the hell did it go? That's weird. Okay, so um oh here's a little. <laughs> Here's some boxing Twitter segment here. I would much rather see Canelo versus Munguia than Benavidez, uh, Plant, or Billy Joe Saunders. Oh, hold on. I read that wrong. I see it was cut off a little bit. I would rather see Canelo versus Munguia or Benavidez than Canelo versus Plant or Billy Joe Saunders. To add Munguia in over Billy Joe Saunders, Plant, and, well, not Benavides, but he brought, you know, I mean, that's where it's like, really, dude, it's Yvonne, this Yvonne dude on uh, boxing Twitter. I would rather see Canelo versus Munguia. Yeah, because Munguia has so many great wins, too. 
you know, that that's just uh just some fun fanboy stuff, no big deal. Um oh here we go, Rick Glaze. Oh actually hold on. Before we get glazed, I don't want to glaze everybody. Um oh Devin Haney. Devin Haney's pops. This is what he posted. Thank you, uh Devin Haney for fourteen years of great memories. I'm happy to say I'm officially retired from training fighters. I now look forward to spending more time focusing on business and raising my 11-year-old son, Sean, and my six-year-old daughter, Arabella. So, and and I love this move. I absolutely love this move. Um, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, <laughs> Bill can't be tweeting stuff and, and getting, you know, getting his stuff involved and whatnot. Can't be him. Do his interviews and all that good shit. But as a trainer, and I'm not even ripping him as a major trainer, nothing like that, but, like, I like that move. I like that move. I like the move for his family, too, obviously. But I like it for Devin, too. I think the, the pops is doing the right thing, so kudos to you. I respect the shit out of that move. I'm not saying Devin couldn't have made it to the top, you know, with his pops there. But I want to – I mean, obviously, I want to see who he gets to train. Um, but still, I, I, that's interesting. I didn't see that coming either. I got to admit, I didn't see that coming. Uh, here is, speaking of Devin Haney, this is Devin Haney on Boxing Twitter. I keep hearing that people think that me and TF Demo are in negotiations. That's not true. My team reached out, Eddie Hearn and Bob wants to wait until we can do a live crowd. So when Teofimo said, you know, if this, uh, his mandatory fight doesn't work, we're, uh, we're sending out, we're going to send it. He, he already said he sent out an offer to Haney, which that turned out not to be true. But at least they've, uh, at least uh, Eddie reached out and got some clarification. Um, but, you know, the pandemic still is tough unless you're a big, big name that you can sell, you can keep selling, but not many people can do it. Um, even to get over a $2 million gate is tough right now. Um, Canelo and Spence were able to do it in their last fights, but it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, Bob Arum, this is from ESPN. Bob Arum has revealed that uh, they have May 8th reserved at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Vegas <laughs> for Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez. Possible clash with Canelo, with Billy Joe Saunders' plan for either March 1st or 8th. The top rank consistent date for undisputed fight will not change. Huh. That's kind of interesting. I mean, unless, you know, let me see. Unless DAZN is trying to think that they're going to do an earlier show um, because Billy Joe Saunders is on there and they want to pump up the UK DAZN subs, sign-ups. But he said, you know, Canelo's fight, we don't know it, May 1st or May 8th, um, you know, a lot of times the first Saturday is, you know, the Cinco de Mayo weekend. But that's not always the case. Um, and obviously, <laughs> five is closer to eight than one, right? So, um, but sign me the F up. How Whatever happens there, it would suck. I'll tell you this, though. They have that on regular ESPN. 
and it doesn't say that. It doesn't say ESP. It may be ESPN Plus. Um, but having two sign-up streaming platforms in the same night—that's kind of funky uh, to for maximum exposure, obviously. But obviously, if they do it on the same weekend, hopefully not. Um, but you know, maybe maybe there's something we don't know here. Maybe the zone is going to go earlier. Uh, they can't go too early, though, because I believe the Kentucky Derby is always, you know, at like 5 or 6, like what, 6 o'clock Eastern or something like that. So they can't go too early because you kind of have to – that whole afternoon is a lot of that, and and then there's a little buzz after it. So you, you kind of got to fit in there. But it, it'd be cool to do an early one like at 7 or 8. The card starts or 7 maybe. and, and then, I, don't, I don't know how they can do it. However, I do know this, though. If they put Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez on regular ESPN, there's a great chance that it'll be a lead-in, an NBA game lead-in. Now, sure, it might be college baseball, too. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, Obviously, there's really not that big of a lead-in for ESPN Plus at that point if it's on ESPN Plus because they're not going to put an NBA game in the playoffs on that time. But actually – let me back up the story here. That's the normal NBA schedule, but actually I don't think the playoffs will be started by May 1st or May 8th. I think that's going to be later in May because the finals, as they sit now, are going to be in July. Bulk of it will be in June, the playoffs, so it'll be starting late May or, or mid to late May. That's right, because they got a late start. So maybe that's why they have some ESPN room there, and it will be just a regular NBA regular season. That'd be dope, too, dude. Dude, oh, man, I'm just starting to think. wonder if they could match. Well, forget it. Anyway, so that's good news, though. That's good news. We weren't. We, we knew that fight was going to happen. We just didn't know when this year. That's really, really good news, dude. I'm, I'm very excited. Because um, that's a good-ass fight, dude. That's for all the marbles at 140, baby. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, Staniosis? Is that how you say that? Staniosis, um, he's actually in, and this is from Deuce, uh, not cop. He's trying to cop. Cop tries to cop off a of Deuce. Let's put it that way. Um, shouts out to Deuce here. Sources. Um, Stanolius is, is in advanced talks with Thomas Delorme, which I love for a step-up fight. And they were supposed to fight, but I believe Delorme – Correct me if I'm wrong. Did, didn't he get COVID? Knock on wood. Let's hope that. That's uh, That'll be on the PBC on Fox March 27th, which I like that fight because that's a legitimate step up for a guy that has – what's he even got now? I don't even remember how many fights he has. Not a lot of them. And I love how they're pushing him. I, I, so that is actually – to me, that's a that's a good fight. You know, a prospect going against a legit veteran trying to become a contender, sign me up for those. A mid-level fight, even like the Lorme and Jamal James, or, you know, the the, the, the higher-level fights, the, the Harrison and Charlo and stuff like that, <clears throat> the J-Rock and Hearn and all that. Those three type of fights is what I like on Fox, right? We already know that... It's been proven time and time again since 2015 
that you can't put best versus best if these guys make even a million dollars for a fight and make ad money. That's already been proven. The model right now doesn't work. I don't know if it'll ever work. I think those days are gone, but maybe not. Now, you can do it from time to time throughout a year like they've done. You know, the Charlo Harrison's, the one I just talked about. But through the whole year, it's just not there. The money's not there. And, and, and sometimes it happens like two summers ago. Remember, they had the rematch set up in the summer. Charlo Harrison, too. So you go to sell all the ads. You put it on a Sunday afternoon special. And then Harrison gets hurt. And I'm not blaming Harrison. But that's the boxing thing, the postponement. Well, it was a great fight. It still did a great rating, you know, in December. But that, you know, that it, it's tough. It's a weird thing. And so a lot of these folks want to say they make fun of the PBC for losing money, but then they want them to lose money. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Whereas when Bob says we're not making that fight because I'm not losing any more money, people, fans will rip them, but the media don't go hard on them, you know, like, like the other way. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do like that fight, though. I really like that fight. By the way, uh, the lady there with the British accent for blog talk just said 90 seconds, 90 seconds left of the live stream. The number to dial is 646-381-4990. We won't be on that much longer. 646-381-4990. You can listen. If you're listening to it on the browser, basically, you get, you, you, you should now the rest of the show on your phone. If you can, it'll be archived uh, fairly quickly uh, after the show. Um, a chunk of things to talk about, then we'll get out of here. Uh, what do we got? Oh, we got the glaze. Someone just said, don't forget the glaze, glaze. Hey, it's pretty easy with Rick Glaze. This, this is simple. Um, he says this, so he's saying gloom and doom for the Fox deal. He doesn't have his, his, uh, his information correct, go figure. But he says this is a contract year for the PBC on Fox. Uh, so Heyman isn't going to risk his champion versus other promoter champions in a unification bout as Heyman needs his champs as inventory to get an enhanced deal from Fox or another network. That's why Canelo and Plant is very iffy. Well, Canelo and Plant wouldn't be. They wouldn't do a zone. Canelo's not signed long-term with zone, So zone wouldn't have shit to do with a Canelo Plant or Canelo Benavides or Canelo Charlo. So that right there's, but what's even more wrong is, and this dude, you know, I'm looking down, he just tweeted this not long ago. He's got 50 likes on it. I don't know how long it is. This is a screenshot, actually. But he's got it twisted, too. The Fox deal is a four-year deal. The Showtime deal was a three-year deal. It's Showtime's last year. So if you're looking at negotiations or whatever, and I can understand, like, post-pandemic, since August, it has been, you know, the we've gone over that, the main events. Uh, you know, it's very hit or miss, man. And when they've missed, some of them miss pretty bad. Now, has there been some postponements? You know, J-Rock against Hogan, uh, Ruiz against Ariola. He wasn't in shape. Yeah, those were supposed to be Fox main events, but... You know, Ugas Ramos, James Delorme. I like that. J-Rock Rosario, of course, that was actually before the pandemic. You know, Arislandi Lara, no thank you, is 
back-to-back Canelo's brother in this last dude. Um, you know, it is what it is. Like, this next one, Anthony Durrell in a stay-busy fight. I understand he's been off since September 2019 against Benavides, but I just don't need it to be a main event. That's why I believe they're using this slot to build Plant and Durrell this summer. That's my personal belief. Now, if they don't do that, then uh, that'll go down as what the fuck. But no, the Showtime deal, oops, the Showtime deal was three years. The five, this is not the contract year. So all those folks that think Showtime's out of business, this is your year. This is your year um, to see if that actually is going to happen. Um, but yeah, he, he's wrong on both. I mean, there's no, there's no cross promotion with Plant and Charlo because Charlo would be a free agent. Duh. Like, that's just so easy to figure out. Um, here's another one. This scams from uh, Gabe Montoya. If Daniel Kinahan's, if the, if that Daniel Kinahan story was instead about Al Heyman, you'd see boxing writers who pretend to be experts on money laundering, hedge funds suddenly interested in drug trafficking. Exactly. All of a sudden, the money laundering and the hedge funds and all the, the Ponzi schemes, next thing you know, they would be experts and there'd be a ton of articles in the U.S. when there really hasn't been. But he was the scam artist. He was the one that got, quote, unquote, ran out of the music industry, although you should really do your research there. You know what I mean? He got ran out by selling a a large company. Um, But, hey, you ever heard of Live Nation? That's part of Heyman's company. He sold half of it uh, in the early 2000s and then the other half, like, in 2008 or some shit like that. He was still doing Beyonce and, uh, you know, Little Wayne concerts and stuff with Floyd. Them two were promoting and stuff like that. And, you know, I think a lot of it came with just attacking, you know. Clearly, the, you know, it got proven in court that, you know, it was clearly a, you know, like a, a paid smear campaign. When And, of course, they're going to do that because, you know, he was – getting boxing back on network and all that. But yeah, it's uh it's funny how, you know, we're we're starting to finally hear some UK folks uh in the media talk about that uh Canaan thing. But it is funny how like I remember they tried to use Jay Z and Beyonce because be- they said, Oh, Al Heyman was fucking Beyonce, but then we found out Beyonce's pops was the one remember that? That's why they're not he's not Beyonce's uh, dad, father's not her manager anymore. So there was some shaky things going on there, which that's not the first time that's happened, by the way, uh, in it. We've seen that shit. We've seen that. It is funny how that works. Okay, so this is Boxing Legends TV. This is kind of funny. The fact that Ryan Garcia demanded the fight not to be in an exhibition with Pacquiao gets my respect. He's going to get his brains beaten in. But I respect him. <laughs> I love that. That's freaking awesome. Um, okay, here's Brad. And don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Truax fan from Minnesota, up here, up here in the upper Midwest here. But, you know, I, I don't believe this. So he said Truax won three rounds. Punch counters fixed. So he's on that, <laughs> he's on that Lomachenko tip 
The punch stats are fixed. Judges remain blind by the A side. Props to Truax, who cashed out tickets plus 250 to go 12 rounds. Truax is a tough dude. Truax is a tough dude, but I didn't see three rounds that he won, dude, and I'm from Minnesota. Um, so that's just the classic uh, boxing Twitter stuff. Um, oh, yeah, and then here, here's another one. And I'm going to either close on this or I'm going to refresh, bring in wood. Um, this is, uh, I think it's Samir. Um, a digital marketer who says he posts boxing content. He's in a picture with Doug Fisher and uh, a couple other people on his Twitter. The reason why I bring him up, not calling him out out of nowhere, but he said in the comments below the Fox ratings that are Nielsen ratings, by the way, um, I call BS on these numbers. He's saying these numbers are bullshit based on, and then I said, dude, it's Nielsen ratings. And I said, you know, like, so we have these networks that have produced billions upon billions and billions of revenue. Their whole, not the whole thing, but a lot of, a lot of what they pay for the content and what they pick up from the ads. That demographic, it's the rating and the demographic, 18 to 49, male 18 to 49, blah, 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 right? And that actually, because it got promoted well, I think, it actually did pretty good in that the demo too. But he said, so he, the, the numbers are BS, even though it's, it's Nielsen ratings, it's an independent source. So how, how did, so Al Heyman found a way to influence Nielsen ratings, but these companies, that generate billions of dollars the company signed to, Fox, has <laughs> got a little bit more sway than Al, I'd say. Maybe a little bit more. And now the Nielsen ratings are fucked up. <laughs> this is BS. It's bullshit. And I called him out. I said, dude, what are you talking about? It's not a conspiracy. These are the fucking ratings. Like, the only thing you can do to influence Nielsen is pay to have your ratings come out quicker. If you pay them, they'll put their staff on that shit. And you have to be a Nielsen home. You have to be registered as a Nielsen – they call it Nielsen home or whatever. I'm sure you can do it online or whatever too, like on, you know, different, uh, you know, streaming services or or not services, but, you know, uh, platforms. Um, These are are their numbers, dude. (laughs) Like – it's built off all these averages are built off like like a two hundred thousand people or homes I should say it it's it's a big ass average, but think about it. the reason why they haven't done anything about it is because imagine how much money it would cost to go around to all a hundred and fifteen or hundred and twenty million homes across the country and have to put in some sort of fucking you know some sort of input into the back of people's TVs or their cable boxes. Now, if you're on the DVR, like I said earlier, that's different. But this dude thinks it's bullshit, that these these are bullshit ratings. And then I followed up, you know, saying the shit I'm telling you guys. He said, based on <laughs> – and this is what kills me – based on the Google trends and what he's been hearing from Jay, producer Jay, who, you know, who does follow Google trends and, he you know, he makes a lot of good points about where fighters need to go 
on social media. And he says, I don't trust those ratings. So when you talk about Google Trends, I mean, Google Trends, cool, but didn't you watch the fucking NFL? I mean, the shit was on there. Like I mentioned, when I'm watching a local Fox Sports North, a regional cable outlet, I'm watching uh, Timberwolves games. I'm seeing the ad for the – I mean, they did a – before a football game like three weeks ago, they had an hour of countdown. It was a countdown for this fight. It was shoulder programming. The shit came on during three different uh, NFL games the last couple of weeks, including the conference final. (laughs) Like, does that? I mean, I don't care if that Google trends. They don't need to Google it. They fucking know when it happens because they're they're seeing it right in front of their face. Like, they don't need to be like, oh, I got to see when that fight is. Nah, dude, it's right there. (laughs) They already know it, dude. Oh, man, this is, dude, it's like, hey. Just say you don't like Heyman, dog. Just say it. Just say it. You don't like his matchmaking. You don't like this. You don't like that. Just fucking say it, dude. Just say it, man. Come up with all this other bullshit. And uh, that's why you know, you know, when he's hanging out with uh, Montero and company, that whole crew, uh, it's clearly, you know, beyond biased. And and this dude's a quote-unquote somewhat media member. I call him maybe a part-time media member, but who knows? Maybe he's getting paid like a full-time media member. All right, Woods, we're actually going to be able to bring you in. I got the help I needed, and yep, just like they said, the refresh on the screen. Cool, so we're going to go ahead out to Wood here and see what's going on with them. Hey, what's going on, Wood? How the hell are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. We are uh, up here in Minnesota. We're having some uh, like nice weather randomly, but then it's going to be on and popping here soon. So I'm I'm ready for a cold February. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, Chad and my at work today. I actually went into the office and uh, he was mentioning uh, I could get some rides and he rides bikes too. And uh, I guess he was being sarcastic that uh, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday were going to be cold as hell or something. So I guess I'll still be in my basement on my stationary bike. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> and I missed most of the, uh, the, the the earlier part of the show. I keep getting mixed up with the time difference and whatnot, so I wasn't sure what you already recapped. Yeah, I did. I did. I just recapped the whole, well, pretty much the whole card, the uh, you know, yeah, I already, I already did. It's kind of, kind of up in the air sometimes. You know, like sometimes I'll start at three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. I just kind of fit it in my schedule, so that's why it kind of varies. But usually it is, uh, you know, on Tuesday. That's the only thing I can stick to. But yeah, I covered all <laughs> the, all the stuff. But go ahead and you know talk about whatever you want, man. Well, I will say I was. I guess I wouldn't say hi, but I was I was disappointed in how uh, Monty Brock showed up, and it, it's it's crazy to look at those guys sometimes because uh, <clears throat> some of the, some of the heavyweights, man, especially with him being six five. I mean, he had a lot of back flab, and you know he, he looked out of shape and whatnot. But you can see some of those guys in street clothes, and they don't really, you know, they don't look that bad. 
But like yeah. I said, when he gets in the ring and has to take off his shirt, and you see all of the the extra body weight, and like I said, all the fat around his his lower back and around his waist and whatnot, you know, I just thought he looked terrible. And um, that was really the crazy why, thing is, I, this is like his lowest he's weighed in, and I think in a long time because he was. 17 pounds or 16 pounds lighter than his last weigh-in. Because I remember a weigh-in where he was over 300. So it, it was kind of like, well, he <laughs> did work out. He was ready for the fight, but it sure didn't show, you know? Yeah, it didn't show. And then, I mean, his his output just didn't, uh, you know, didn't suggest right. that he uh, was – I mean, he wasn't a horrible – but it just seemed like to go into a uh, go into a fight with a guy where you have the amateur pedigree and whatnot. He's a late starter. I just was expecting to see a, a much different, uh, you know, start for him. And I just felt like he encouraged, uh, you know, Co- Coffee to take it to him. And uh, you know, shout out to Coffee for uh, making him look bad. And uh, you know, I like that step away, left uppercut. You know, slide it up, slid off of him. Got that little bit of space and, and rocked him to sleep, basically. He got that long couch from uh, one of those arbitrary tin couch from uh, – Oh, my God. Dude, he's just like, one but, foot in the grave, baby. I'll let you go, you know, just like, dude, just <laughs> stop the fight, dude. Yeah, so he, he didn't have to take that left hook, that short left hook uh, up to the top of his head and whatnot. But uh, it looked good for TV and – I wasn't that familiar with coffee, actually. I've seen the name and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's hard to project where the guy can go. Uh, I think he's already 34, so, I mean, wherever he's trying to go, he's got to get there rather quickly and whatnot. Although, I guess he doesn't have a lot of ring rust. I mean, a lot of ring wear and tear on him uh, starting at 29. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him, how how you pace him. Yeah, it is. You're right. He doesn't have a lot of ring rust, but just as a, as a, you know, as a guy moving into his mid thirties, you know, training camp after a while wear you down and whatnot. So, um, you know, he's they've been keeping him active. I'll say that. I mean, even though it was a pandemic, he fought uh, three times last year. Um, and he fought on that Ortiz card against uh, Joey Abel, Joey Ice, uh, but that Pena or the Pena. Luis uh, Eduardo, I believe it is. That's the one where people were like, oh, okay, there's something here with this dude. Yeah, like he looks he looked pretty good. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Rock came in with a finesse game and, you know, jabbing a little bit and not being, a, you know, not being in a big hurry. And then when he did go get in a hurry, you know, we saw him meet his demise there in the third and whatnot. I want to see more of him and, you know, who, who they match him up against. Um, you know, I would imagine somebody like a Gerald Washington could be, you know, in the future or something. You know, maybe Konaski at some point, depending on what goes on with him and his next outing. Um, I would imagine, it's, you know, we see him against some of those guys. But um, he looks like a disciplined – he looks like a focused fighter. Uh, you know, he's still receptive to train. I mean, to his uh, corner input during the fights and whatnot. Uh, just seemed like a pretty interesting guy in terms of talking up the, you know, talking about his fight afterwards, breaking it down. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't always care for many of these guys that get on the mic, but I mean, he seemed like he can sell himself a little bit. And uh, you know, as long as you got good power and whatnot, 
as a heavyweight, as an American heavyweight, you know, you can generate a little bit of interest if you can keep winning. Yeah, I thought I thought you said that perfectly. Uh, that really describes him well. That marine background is not gonna hurt either, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Be big, uh, yeah, he can be mentally big, infantry. Right, right. So yeah, I want to see what they do. Uh, what they do with him next? Um, as far as, as far as the main event, it wasn't like boxing weekend. I didn't get to check out any of that. Uh, that Don King. Uh, stuff from Friday night, but just getting up to the main event with um, with Sweet Hands. I don't know what your commentary was on it. I had to go back and, and, and listen to the, you know, listen to it once the archives and whatnot. But I just thought, you know, you know, he, he won all twelve rounds. I, I don't like what they've done with him since the Ooze Kentucky win, and actually the Ooze Kentucky uh, win really didn't age well. Where uh, Ooze Kentucky went after that. And then before that, you know, his last few fights before uh, becoming the IBF Super Middleweight Champion, he was up and down in some of those. So, I, you know, I don't know if it's a matter of he fights down to his opposition or yeah, – I, I, we knew he wasn't a, a huge power guy. He did drop Uskateki uh, once or twice in their fight. Um, but, you know, the, the silver lining is it in it is that he has that IBF title. And if, uh, you know, Canelo stays true to his words and wanting to unify the division, and if he's able to get past uh, Yildirim and then uh, Saunders, he'll get his shot most likely. Yeah, no doubt. It kind of broke up a little bit there, but I heard most of it. But and then that's the thing, man. With them, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm in the minority or not, or maybe I'm just, uh, you know, optimistic or whatever. But I actually like the Saunders and uh, and, and Alvarez fight. Um, I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't take Alvarez. To, I mean, I probably wouldn't take Saunders to win it. But I think, um, I think boxing for boxing, I think it's a pretty interesting fight, and it, you know, it'd be interesting to see what whether there could be any separation when it came to some banging or some brawling, because I don't think, you know, Saunders isn't all that heavy-handed, and, uh, you know, it's not like he's getting guys out of there left and right. But I think for as long as it's boxing over the first six to eight rounds, I think that's a pretty interesting fight. Yeah. I mean, I I think better – oh, shoot. He just dropped. He just dropped. I just saw him drop. He must have accidentally hung up or something. Um. But I think I think Plant and Billy Joe Saunders lends itself to the outside stuff, you know, the outside work, the the guy on the move and whatnot. And who's a higher level guy, you know, at 168? Maybe Plant is actually because beyond this last fight against the faded Murray, he didn't, you know, Billy Joe Saunders haven't really looked that good, um, and he hasn't had big fights in a while. Um, because he, like I said, besides that Martin Murray, he hasn't done shit at 168. And he's actually looked bad. That's the problem with Billy Joe Saunders. The gimmies he looks shitty at. You know, it's like, but now he, you could tell in his last fight he was in shape. So it's like, all right, dude, now stay in shape. And I think he will put on a really good performance. Um, I actually just, someone just texted me. And it's too late in the show to go way breakdown on this. 
But someone texted me a um, or messaged me. Um, rumors ping that Fox Sports and PBC will end their deal early. Um, and this is Michael Woods from Ring. And you know, I, I talked about this a, a while ago. Just thinking, you know, what's in the future, and even you know the fact that Showtime is on their last year of their deal, right? So I thought, well, maybe if you know. Maybe if Showtime, you know, we'll see which one's going to be around. Because are they going to do a new deal with both of them? Or wouldn't they want to just try to stay on one platform and see? And some of the options that I talked about, you know, obviously they have this, they have a CBS. But I don't think they give them, you know, major CBS primetime fights as many. I mean, I got to admit, I was pretty surprised that Fox gave 10 primetime. And eight of them were primetime whole cards, whereas two of them usually would be for pay-per-view. But that seemed excessive because when you look at even the UFC, they had four. They had basically one every quarter or whatever. They had four of them. So a year, and I think one of them was a year. I'm not sure. But, you know, now they weren't splitting the pay-per-views, but it was all on Fox and FS1. That's where all of it was in pay-per-view. Like all of it was on on FS1 or Fox, you know. So and mostly on FS FS1, obviously. So it always did make me kind of think, huh? You know, I wonder is this even like since since uh, August? Is this you know? Is this the writing on the wall with the matchups we're getting? You know, with the main event. Is, is it a writing on the wall that says that Fox? doesn't want to re-up, or if they want to re-up, they want the whole thing. But they don't probably have room for that. And maybe financially, you know, they don't want to go double what they just did. You know, instead of having, for Al, it's like I can get, both, you know, money from both sides. It is, it is you know, that's entered my mind um, more than once. But if you look at the pandemic stuff, um, you know, it, it the the main events were pretty hit or miss, dude. The first three out of four I liked that were on schedule. At not not in August, I'm saying at the beginning of the year. But you know, it, it just like I said, Ugas Ramos was that the best card for main event in the you know since August? Or well, no, I think James Delorme was. But that was kind of the first four because that was already scheduled in April. So I already counted that as the first four. So, and it was J-Rock Rosario. And I liked um, the heavyweight fight that had an upset. I liked that fight because I knew it would be action-packed. I didn't know it was for sure going to be Hellenius pulling up the upset over Kostowski. But I was okay with three of the first four. But it's been – you can make an excuse for one or two of them because of a postponement from COVID or whatever, but they've been like, they're either budgeting them different or they're just trying to, okay, this is what's going to be the rest of the year. And that's it. And, you know, so it it is something that I I thought about, you know, and also when you look at Showtime, um, you know, pretty much everybody, whatever shows or sports or whatever, pretty much, you know, like the World Series is the lowest rated, lowest series, you know, lowest rated of all time. Baseball's been a big deal for a while. You know what I mean? It's not as big now, but 
it has been something that I thought about, like, hmm, and I wonder if now, you know, because mostly because of Eddie Hearn and and, uh, Bob Arum saying Showtime's going to be out of business. Um, That's basically where a lot of that came from. But I started thinking about it, and Showtime during the pandemic, they've added subs, which makes sense because especially when it was, like, shut down for those couple months, um, a lot of streaming services, you know, their, their subs went up, obviously. And uh, so I'm wondering, and, and, and then you start to hear, you know, show, the Showtime standalone platform, the app, right, is starting to really gain some steam. Um, and then they also have the CBS All Access, because if you don't know, CBS and Showtime, CBS owns Showtime. And they have a CBS Sports Network that needs real, like, content. And FS1, you could see, like, I think the best thing out of the Fox has been the FS1 cards for the Fox Sports, I'm saying, because they need content there, too. And to be able to put something on for two or three hours and to know it's going to average about the same and probably peak near the end is actually a lot better than you think. Or even on the Tuesday night, toe-to-toe Tuesday nights, uh, toe-to-toe Tuesdays, that sometime would be the highest uh, average rated, not necessarily demo, but the highest rated show, TV rated show uh, of the night. You know, that type of combination of, like here's for instance, actually, I was going to talk about this in the future and just kind of go off of what they're trying to be and the, the theory or what they're trying to do or what could be taking place. And some of the theory is that's why they're getting some of these stenosis against Delorme, getting that out, you know, trying to get is maybe this year, you know, is going to be the last year. It's not a contract last year, like Glaze said, but it, it, it could be their last year. And so, okay, we've made an agreement. This is what we're going to do. So they're trying to get as much exposure for the younger guys and the vets and stuff like that coming back and whatnot, trying to set up fights or whatever. It could be that. It could be that. You know, it definitely could be that. I know that FS1's done better once now that they have – they used to just have Big East basketball. Now they have Big Ten basketball these last couple years, and that's helped them. Big Ten football too. So maybe they think, well, you know, in the future we'll probably want to re-up with that more. I don't really know. This is just speculation. Just like before the Fox deal, I always kept the door open just in general. But, for instance, this came by in the summer. Um, Apple TV, right? Apple TV Plus subscribers get CBS All Access and Showtime in a bundle. Right, so they have a great value bundle. It's called. It's ten bucks, nine ninety nine a month, um, after a seven seven day free trial. Um, and obviously, you have CBS shows. You have a variety of stuff. I think they said ten or twenty thousand shows just chilling. Um, of course, they have like, uh, you know, uh, Comedy Central stuff like the Chappelle Show. MTV, or actually, I don't know, Paramount Pictures, BET, there we go. So, um, and I'm wondering if they're thinking, well, you know, and I did hear about a possible, this is, this is Apple, by the way. This isn't, this isn't the deal, uh, but it is Apple. So wonder if they come out with the CBS All Access in a, in a Showtime bundle for 10 bucks, 
you know, or 15 bucks or something like that. I don't know. I know that the CBS All Access has, you know, more than Showtime, but you put them together, then all of a sudden, you know, we saw, like, not to say Disney Plus is a whole different ballgame, but, you know, just having something bundled with ESPN Plus, that raised, that helped raise ESPN Plus in general. And it's something over the last couple of years they've built up. So, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, they have Showtime. They have the live streaming content. They have, they could put it on CBS All Access for those people. It's available there. So if you already have CBS All Access, then you get it. But you, you, if you already have Showtime, you're going to get it. And then they do have the CBS from time to time. Right? They've already done it what, three times or something. I think uh, – Santa, Leah Santa Cruz the first time they did it. Then they did those uh, Thurman uh, Porter and Thurman um, Garcia. Well, actually, they did those late afternoon fights, too, on Saturdays and Sundays once in a while. I forgot about that. So maybe Showtime, the, the one that, and like I said, most of it was Eddie Hearn and Bob Arum, um, said that they were going on business. You know, maybe Showtime's the one that's like, hey, man. Nah, we want to we want to pay for the whole product, and we're going to put it. On, we're going to help build it, you know, on our our standalone streaming service. Try to get signups there, and when Broner and Wilder and some of these guys fight, Stephen Espinosa said that the signups go up, and that's what they're in the business for. Ratings are something, but no doubt, but it's really about subs. So when you think out about it, you go, huh? You know, maybe that's the case. Maybe that it will end this year. Like I said, it's not the contractual four-year, but it could be. It could be this year because the ESPN deal um, didn't finish, if I remember correctly. So it could be that. It could be Showtime just here and there, CBS, maybe even, you know, in the summers or something like that. Um, And then also CBS All Access the standalone Showtime, like I mentioned, and then CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network is in like 60 million homes, I believe, or 40, 50 million homes. It's not in as many homes as FS1, but maybe FS1 went too far by giving, you know, I think, by giving 10 prime times. That blew me the fuck away. I couldn't believe that. And I thought if they were going to re-up, that that would be reduced to like four or six, uh, something like that, but um, who knows? I like the to leave the door open um, because we're not behind the scenes. And sometimes little birdies that people say, I heard this. It's really, they saw it on a tweet. Um, Some of it could lead from glaze. Some of it could be just look at the product that Showtime came back with and look at their first card comparatively. August, you start with August on Showtime. You start with August with Fox and FS1. Clearly, Showtime's had the better product. So, I don't know. It definitely could be. It definitely could be. Um, I already have Showtime, so I'm good. And I have cable for a variety of other things. So, I have the CBS Sports uh, channel. I don't think they just put something, hey, this fight's only on CBS All Access. Maybe I'm wrong, though. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But I'd, I'd assume that would be kind of a combo. Uh, but anyway, um, that's about it. Like I said, Wood uh, dropped off or something. I'm not really sure. Um, 
not really sure. Oh, he moved his ear earbuds and oh, and the hung up the damn call. <laughs> he said, "I don't know how." To, okay, that's all good. All right, I'm gonna shut the show down. Hope everybody's doing okay. Um, enjoy the Super Bowl <laughs> because that is coming up here quickly. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, and I got a really good topic uh, to talk about because, like, like I said, there's not going to be much to review. <laughs> there might be some really big fight news, and there is a good weekend coming up the next weekend. What is it, February 13th, I think. Uh, Disown's got a good card, so I'm looking forward to that. But there won't be a lot as far as – there won't be any recap. So, But I have a great topic for next week, um, and I'm not going to say it. Um, But I'll be back next week, right around the same time. Enjoy the weekend. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, the bullshit, the whole bag. And when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what? I made it. I'm going to show you it's this. I'm going to get any dollar worth. Uh, 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 what I deserve. Why?